Welcome to Food and Loathing, a simple report from the ground to keep you up to date on the mumblings and grumblings going on inside the Las Vegas restaurant world. The I thought you were more the grumbled. Oh, grumble, grumble, grumble. <laughs> grumble, grumble, grumble. They're pretty much the same. Oh, man, the show's brought to you every week by a pair of local food writers and a fast food addicted engineer. <laughs> I know. They, they are, in order of sitting, who is sitting closest to me right now, Mr. Al Mancini. That's me, a 20-plus <laughs> year veteran food writer who left his job at the Las Vegas Review-Journal to create this podcast, as well as an online restaurant guide called Neon Feast where I share the dining recommendations of local chefs, journalists, restaurant owners, critics, and influencers. Also, Ms. Samantha Gemini-Stevens, the creator of the Wishbone and Vine Dining Blog and an admin for the Please Send Noodles cookbook-inspired cooking club. Then around the other side of the table, Mr. Rich Johnson, who in addition to this podcast runs the board on the On the Corner of Main Street podcast from the owners of the Plaza Casino. Yay. Yeah. All of us are coming to you for this episode from the gorgeous Bel Air Lounge in the Durango Resort. Hello, my friends. How's everyone doing today? Oh, my gosh. So nice. Basking in the gorgeous. Yeah. Man, oh, man, oh, man. I love the brightness, the lightness. I love... Yeah, everything. Greenery. Yeah, it feels great over here. I, I love this space. Um, we're going to be joined by some folks from Click Hospitality in our centerpiece, which is going to be a lot of fun, man. A really big show coming up for you. Um, coming up in the news, we'll talk to you about the opening of an off-strip steakhouse and remember a chef we lost this week. In just a few moments, we're sitting down with Keith Yuri of Click Hospitality, which runs several of the venues on and off the strip, including right here um, in Durango, the Bel Air Lounge, where we're currently seated as well as Miho Modern Mexican and Wax Rabbit. All of those here in Durango Resort. But first, they're short, they're sweet, sometimes they're a little sour. <laughs> we always start this show with some restaurant reports about the places we've been dining because nobody dines out like we do. Rich, man. <laughs> nobody <laughs> dines out like Rich does. <laughs> Thank goodness. So I finally got to the Fountain Blue over the weekend. Uh, I stayed about two hours or so thanks to the uh, long walking recon, a Mexican lunch, and lots of video poker. I actually came up 50 bucks. Yeah, baby. Good Mexican job. lunch came from Roadside Taco, which is the Vegas version of the venerable joint in Studio City, just over the hill from Hollywood. Uh, researching that, I got a chance to compare some prices. Now we know everything is always a little more expensive on the Strip and in Vegas sometimes. But here's exactly how much. The roadside taco, their signature uh, thing, which is uh, ground turkey, salsa, lettuce, tomato, cheese, cilantro, pico de gallo, all inside a hard shell. Mm -hmm. uh, Studio City, $4.30. At the Fountain Blue, 7 bucks. Okay. Studio City, like where in Studio City? Is it just like a roadside place? Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, okay, yeah, yeah. It was just recommended to me this week because I'm going next week. Well, yeah. yeah. I'm it's guessing the rent's a probably place. a little less there yeah. than yeah. it is on the Las yeah, Vegas it's, Strip. It's, it's, there, there's no tuxedo de maitre d' right. yeah. roadside tacos. I got the quesadilla filled with cheese and salsa and avocado and cilantro and uh, chicken for extra. Studio City, that's four thirty for the basic, another buck seventy-five for the chicken. Vegas, seven bucks basic, three more for the chicken. And, uh, you know, yeah, it's going to cost more in a billions of dollars in the red brand new casino. Uh, but I thought you'd like to know yeah. exactly. I yeah. mean, prices are what they are. I, I feel you got to expect to pay for the yep. real estate yeah. that you're on. Yep. If you want to, and you know, that's a, like a lot of people always say things like, I never yeah. go to the strip. It's too expensive. Uh, yeah. And I'm like, okay, I get it. If you yeah. don't, if it's yeah. not worth it to you. But 
don't say it's like a ripoff. It's not. It no. costs a lot to be in on that stretch yep. of Las Vegas Boulevard, and things are going to cost yeah. a lot. Mm-hmm. You know. As for the taco, the ground turkey in the taco is exactly which uh, ground turkey always is. Tasteless. <laughs> you know, I, I only to- eat ground turkey tacos at home, man. I am a yeah. ground turkey taco. Are you? Guy I'm not a ground turkey. I know. I can see a few specks of what I believe were red peppers <laughs> or onions in there, but it just really wasn't much taste. Fortunately, all the accompaniments, the the tomato and those, all that sort of stuff was nice and fresh and bright. Good. So it was it was okay. If you're not clogging an artery, you're not happy, are you? <laughs> yeah, well, if I'm not getting a little shot, too, with Mexican food, that'd have to be a lot, because I know everything is not all about the heat. Mm-hmm. I went back to Winnie and Ethel's for a non-breakfast meal. Hey, now. And boy, I scored big, I think. And the meatloaf, covered in gravy. That's Mashed the potatoes, there, the man. signature yes. dish. And a nightmare veg of my grade school cafeteria childhood, peas and carrots. <laughs> I never Un- understood that. My mom used to make like yeah, pre-canned yeah. peas and carrots. Like yeah. they came together in the same can. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Like I don't know what those two vegetables had in common that yeah. they... I don't know. They're ubiquitous. They're frozen. Think- they're canned. They always come together. I think in the can and all that, they have durability. They <laughs> There's <can> that. <laughs> so unlike my childhood, these were definitely not from the can. These, these were fresh. Are- and I'm not a big peas or carrots fan, but I finished every single one nice. of them. Mashed potatoes definitely had been real spuds just hours before. That gravy is something I could just live in. <laughs> Serious beefy goodness topping the spuds and the loaf, which has all kinds of things going on, including a little slight sweetness oh, okay. that I found. Next time I'll get the gravy on the side, not because it was too much. I actually asked for more, and they gave me more, and I had it all. But I would like to have like a bite or two with ketchup, because that's my sort of my go-to mm-hmm. meatloaf thing. I wouldn't bury it in ketchup like I do at home, but I'll, I'll try it to try compare it. and contrast. Yeah. And I topped it off with that completely unrelated but oh-so-good chocolate pudding. Mm. It's not a mousse. It's not a panna cotta. It is heavy, and it comes kind of... Not frozen, but it's cold, and so it's dense. Nice. And, uh, a lot of whipped cream a lot on of top. And lately. Yeah. I had a, yeah, I had a butterscotch that's, pudding that's, yeah. at, at Marche yeah. Bacchus recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One more stop worth sharing. Remember last week I talked about Hafez on yeah. Spring Mountain Road? Yes. Tucked in a strip mall next to a massage place and across the parking lot from Tofu Hut, which advertises yeah, all. Yeah, with that rich talk. Oh, How are you? Oh, oh, we're joined by. We just by. gave you wow. a plug. Sit we down just here. Plugged you. Sit the hell down here. This uh, is okay. Jonathan Jossel, the CEO of the Plaza <laughs> and host of On the Corner of Main Street, who just happens to come by and interrupt us here. Good afternoon, everybody. Hey, how hey. are you, sir? Good to see you. Nice to see you all. How are you enjoying Durango? Fantastic. Having a great time. Uh, please have a, a bite of all our top stuff here. I just stayed at the George with the South Point folks. So. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'm good. We're just walking around. Well, it's good to see you, sir. Nice yeah. to see you guys. Nice Thanks for You know, I'm going to ask you the question I always ask you. When are yeah. you bringing the Demolition Derby back? I'm yeah. On it. Okay. <laughs> I really want that Demolition <laughs> Derby back. Time, for real. Okay. See you guys. Good all to see you, sir. Thanks a lot. Is my other boss. Yeah, there you go. So you went back to Hafez, we were talking about. I went about. back to Hafez and went to the Tofu Hut, which I had noticed across oh, the parking yeah. lot. Oh, yeah. I've been there a long time because ago. Because it says all you can eat Korean, and I thought, well, all I can eat tofu? No. It isn't all you can eat dinner, which was not happening when I was there for lunch. The place was packed with, guess what? Koreans. Good sign. Korean people eating Korean food. That's Always right. a good sign. Yeah. I had the usual suspect, bulgogi, a whole bunch of banchan. Wonderful stuff. I was at a non-grill table, so they brought it out on a on a plate that I, I'm sure they scored from some out-of-business Mexican restaurant that served sizzling <laughs> quitas 
And it was sizzling bulgogi, so that worked out very well. All was wonderful. Tofu, it seems, uh, from the menu was a selection of hot pots, all starring tofu. I did not see anyone having any, however. Oh. They were all into the meats, and they were just grilling up a storm yeah. at all the bigger tables. It's been a long time, but I have done hot pot there before, and I remember enjoying it. So I might have to go back and, and yeah. talk about that one later. My other go-to is a bibimbap. That's next oh, yeah. time for me. I'm a Sundubu girl. I get it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, I feel like I've been busy. Oh, my gosh. So Thursday night, we went to the Vegas Golden Knights as part of a company thing for my husband. Um, we just barely kind of snacked and stuff because we, we were hoping not to have to stay too, too long. As much as I wanted to watch the game, we did leave a little early to run over to Resorts World to catch the end of the Snail of Approval Awards gathering. Uh, it was mostly over by 930 when we arrived, but people were still chatting, catching up, talking about what it meant to you know, be awarded by Slow Food Las Vegas. So that I had some interesting conversations with some folks over there. Why don't you play a couple of those? Yeah, I think we'll I think we'll throw a couple in there. Drop them in here. First, I spoke with Louis Victa, who, as we know, we've had her on the show, is a local photographer, a local chef, a food writer, a food developer, a recipe uh, book contributor, uh, kind of all-around culinary badass about what slow food is in Las Vegas and what that can do for us. We're amongst like a really tight-knit community of chefs and food individuals. I think slow food is like one of the best things that ever happened here. It'll take us away from like, you know, commercialism into like more thoughtfully and artfully and lovingly prepared food that's both nutritious and truthful, honest, and I would say well-priced. For chef Nicole Brisson, it's a little bit more personal, and she talks about why the slow food movement is important and how visiting a pig farm in Kansas helped her see that. And I really quickly realized that a lot of these, actually all, pigs and chickens are born with thyroid disease. And I just most recently got diagnosed with thyroid disease in my early 20s, and I realized that's why we started pumping these animals full of like antibiotics to make them sustain the, like the crazy temperature differentials and you know and it really makes you realize well what we're doing to our food does that affect our body and it, it made me really conscious of of what I put into my body and how I how I was feeding myself but also feeding my patrons and I wanted to make sure that they were getting the best quality products done the best way. For Eva, Sarah, and Enrique of Desert Moon Mushrooms, they took a huge, nervous gamble when starting their business during COVID, and now they're being rewarded. There was no other mushroom farms. We figured that if it was a good idea, it would have already been done. And we did research, and we realized that there was no mushroom farms in Las Vegas, and we were like, what if that means nobody wants mushrooms? So, yeah, this is a huge validation to us just trying something new in Las Vegas and people really enjoying it. As you know, I'm a tinned fish fanatic, so I was super happy to run into Krish Rapushka. She is with Tin Fishionado and the Tin Fish Club here in Las Vegas, and she was telling me about one of the producers out of Spain and what that means for the slow food movement and bringing that to the U.S. I carry brands like, for example, Alalunga, which I know you've had, oh, yes. um, which is two guys, two brothers, and two other people, so four people total, catching, or not catching, buying fish at their local fish market in the north of Spain, um, butchering it, and every single tin has on it the label that has the zone the fish was caught in, the day the fish was caught, the fish market it was bought at, the date it was bought. Like, I mean, we're talking about four people running a business that is distributed globally that can do that. That means we can do that. That means people can find that type of food. 
Emily Baddock of Alt Imports explains what it's like to be the only wine company in the awards and and part of the inaugural class this year. It's amazing. It's incredibly validating. We're in Las Vegas. We're home of giant Cabernet and fancy champagne. And to represent small farmers and small producers who spend their time farming well and making wine thoughtfully to represent them here in Vegas is awesome. For Slow Food to recognize that in a city where things are not slow is amazing. So we're in the inaugural class for 2023 and we couldn't be in better company. On Saturday, we went to Red Rock to see the movie The Boys in the Boat. And before that, we sat at Naxos Taverna's Callisto Oyster Bar for lunch. Oyster Bar. We had some wine, some steamed clams, some fried oysters, a little gem Caesar salad with lobster. Everything was amazing. It was fresh. It was bright. It was delicious. The clams were juicy. And the wine sauce was so buttery, we ordered the $3 bread service to go with it. Um, The fried oysters were huge, meaty, a little bit sweet. You only need four in a dish, and it makes a whole plate easily. Um, The salad could have been in a different bowl for ease of cutting up lettuce leaves and things like that, but otherwise, no issues. In fact, the dressing was really nice. It had like a hint of horseradish in the Caesar, which we really loved. Um, Saturday, I found out from some family they were in town, so we got some friends together, and we hit up the noodle shop in Mandalay Bay. Um... Well, the service was amazing. Everybody was welcoming and lovely. Our host was fantastic. Um, one of our guests brought a couple bottles of wine, so we did corkage. Um, I, everything about it was amazing. I just found the dishes to be a bit bland. Um, I ordered the pad thai, which I was told was spicy. It was not. There were some peanuts on the dish, but it wasn't the nutty sauce or anything that I'm used to. And as anybody listening knows, I eat Thai food all the damn time. Um, and pad thai, pad ciu, some of my favorite stuff. Um, there tourist was, Asian. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it was tourist Asian. That's, <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Um, and here's the thing. It, it, it was busy enough. I'm happy for them. Um, but the Singapore noodles, also labeled spicy. A friend of mine got those because they were gluten-free. Um, so shout out to having that option at a noodle place. Um, just kind of lacking a little bit. The laksa was really flavorful, the soup. It was just a little bit loose, and I wanted more coconut in a traditionally coconut South Asian soup. Um, the appetizers were fine. Edamame, lumpia, <laughs> pot stickers. They all hit the mark. They were tasty. They were shareable. I would go back for the service and the pricing. It's a fantastic spot for a party of eight, passing things around to share. But for a date night or maybe a higher-end noodle craving or something like that, there, there's other ones out there. As one friend put it, it was best after a long night of drinking and gambling when you just order it and take it up to your room. I think I said this <laughs> when I was there a few weeks ago and mentioned that uh, there's the uh, the tell on the menu. It's not gyoza, it's pot stickers. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, Sunday, we found ourselves back at Mandalay because that's where they stay when they come in for the Raider games. And we went to Libertine Social, which happens to be our sort of oh, go-to yeah. after the games. Um, we didn't get to see Tony um, Abu Ghanim, but uh, we, did, we were texting with him earlier, um, hoping to see him. The food there is just delicious. The place is great for couples. It's great for a group. And they put effort into everything, the service and the dishes. Particularly, I chose the veal cheeks this time. That was new to me. And I was so happy I did. They were meaty, light, bold, beefy sauce, and this really nice barley risotto. Um, the Branzino, excuse me, the Branzino is always a favorite. Ordered whole, shared amongst friends. Uh, I didn't have any, but the mac and cheese was getting rave reviews. And we all loved the caviar. They call them fried eggs, but it's the stuffed 
Um, it's like a custard. Yeah, really, it's a, right? it's an egg and corn pudding with brioche in the eggshell with a little caviar on top. A little rich, super delicious. Just a couple of small bites. Uh, the BLT salad, the hamachi tuna cones, the roasted chicken, the kurabota pork chop. That pork chop was cooked like no other pork chop I've had in a very long time. It was perfect. We probably had half the menu, and I would do it again on repeat. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> now you got me craving that. Oh, my gosh. It was so good. And then just quickly, Monday, yesterday, because uh, we are recording on a Tuesday, I ended up at Chinglish twice, uh, and I'm not upset about that. <laughs> First, I went in for lunch. It was just me. I wanted to get some work done, some quiet time. Um so I had the egg drop soup and some fried green beans, chatted with Mac, the bartender, for a little while. And then later, after we watched part of the Huskies game at Red Rock, we picked up my sister and her partner and went back to dinner at Chinglish. And so I pre-ordered the Peking Duck, smart, while I was there. Oh, and uh, Mac, both bartender and server extraordinaire, made us crepe after beautiful crepe. Just a gorgeous dish. We also had Popo's dumplings, which are just addictive. The glazed oysters, the candied walnut prawns, because um, my sister said it reminded her of, of when the family used to go out for, for Chinese years ago. And then the braised tofu with shiitake mushrooms was amazing. Super umami, really great sauce. Uh, we had rice on the table. We hardly ever touched it because everything else just didn't need to be added to. We were full to bursting, enjoyed every bite. Uh, we ordered a great Pinot Noir off their extensive wine list and then ran into friends. <laughs> and ordered <laughs> and more. Ordered more. So yeah. we ordered a bottle of champagne to celebrate the new year. And it was a fantastic evening, even if the Huskies did lose the college football championship and I lost yeah. my 40 bucks. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Al? That brings us to me. No football stories in mine. Um, I continue, honestly, to explore this resort that we're sitting in right now, the Durango Resort by Station Casinos, because honestly, while it's not that large physically, the floor plan is actually really manageable, but there are a lot of restaurants in here, and it's going to take me a while to explore all of them. For example, we have spoken about many of the spots in the Eat Your Heart Out food hall, but it took me until this past week or so to get into Fiorella Pasta by Chef okay. Mark Vetri. And man, holy crap, I love this place. <laughs> I have never been shy about announcing my admiration for Chef Mark Vetri. His namesake restaurant in the Palms may be the best high-end Italian restaurant in Las Vegas. I mean, it's number one for me, and I think most serious foodies oh, would I at least mention place. it in oh, the yeah, conversation. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also like his more approachable experience at Red Rock. Here at Durango, this is one of those restaurants within the food court and several okay. of their experiences are like that so you can sit you go in and you know you can be seated you can sit at a table or the communal chef's counter which is where sue and i sat to enjoy some extraordinary dishes um we did the mozzarella in carroza which you know basically just think of like a little mozzarella grilled cheese sandwich okay. that's deep fried yeah. and then with great dipping sauce but it's stacked up really high more so than a lot of <laughs> other chefs do the presentation is beautiful on this and it's just delicious um and, and we did a little gem salad and a mini lasagna or a lasagnetta, which was on a level well above anything you're expecting to have at a local food hall. I'm sorry. This was a medium-sized square sheets of pasta stacked with uh, mushroom sauce and leek cream and then oh. sprinkled with leek ash on top. Oh, my oh. God. Seriously, oh. all of the brilliance of Vetri in a convenient, casual yeah. setting in, in a food court. Well, I, I think mean, I know shit. what I'm taking home this afternoon. Right? And that pasta was 26 <laughs> bucks, by the way, okay. to put it in perspective. So pretty fucking great. Um, 
On Thursday, Sue and I had dinner at LPM before catching the tail end of that Slow Food USA event you were talking about. I totally love this place because it's part of this new trend um, in Mediterranean food that puts this emphasis on fresh ingredients with simple light presentations in very high-end restaurants here in Las Vegas on the Strip. Um, So when you sit down, you sit down, they have tomatoes, lemons, and olive oil on your table with a cutting knife, and they encourage you to make your own tomato salad. Oh, I love that. (laughs) Um, So many many of our dishes, man, I mean, everything was just ingredient-driven, phenomenal. Uh, Roasted peppers. We did this tomato savory cocktail, the butterfly prawn, um, some lou de mer that was baked in salt. We did a lobster risotto. All of these were ingredient forward. They were simple. They were delicious. They were light. Uh, the one dish I really didn't love were the oysters because there was way too much going on on them. Um, smoke, spice, all kinds of textures, all sorts of stuff that, while it was good, it just got in the way of the oyster. Yeah. And that's a shame because it's the only time this entire evening where the chef got in the way of the product. But overall, I love this place. And did I mention the dessert? Fried French toast with spiced ice cream. Oh, my God. So, yeah, like, how <laughs> fucking great is that, right? Uh, now you've got me <clears throat> craving that. <laughs> and over the weekend, we did lunch at Fine Company. Yes. Uh, Chef Roy Elmar in downtown Summerlin, of course. We've all been there. We've recorded there. We all love the place. Uh, one thing worth mentioning, new items, like their pastrami melt egg rolls. Ooh. Made with Wagyu pastrami, Emmental cheese, which I'm not even that familiar with. Emmentaler. Emmentaler. Emmental. Okay. I don't know what that is. Where's it's that from? sort of like a Greer. Yeah, Okay. Kinda. Yeah, that makes sense. That would have been the, the flavor that I was tasting in there. You know, there's something you would put on a Reuben, right? Sure, yeah. And then it has this kimchi aioli, but it's almost like a, in a kind of Russian dressing kind of vibe okay, to it. Okay, cool. You know? um, seriously, just try the dish. You're going to thank me. So, new thing at Fine Company, and I'll leave you with that from Fine Company. Then, speaking of stuff you probably shouldn't do with Wagyu, but which is worth it. <laughs> when you do. <laughs> I finally got in to try the burger at Nico's Prime Cuts and Fish right here in right the Durango here. Resort. Yeah. As I mentioned in the past, they use the trims from three different types of Japanese Wagyu oh. to make a hamburger. Um, all three of these are very rare, very pricey. There's the olive-fed beef. There's their Hokkaido snow beef. There's one other that I know is the original official Kobe designation okay. from, from the Japanese government. And honestly... Carrying all three of those styles of beef is really crazy for one restaurant, unless you're going to taste them side by side and people can try to wrap their heads around what makes the slight differences in these, right? And that's what Station That's why Station um, Casinos carries them for that reason. So they can do nice comparatives and side by sides in their steakhouses. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But of course, when they trim the meat to create these beautiful looking steaks, there are these leftover pieces that they use to create this burger. Now, it's worth saying here, you know, we've been talking about things being ingredient driven and how much I like that. It is not so easy. It's not just like you throw the best beef into a grinder to get the best burger. I mean, at least half of the beauty in a prize piece of Wagyu is the way that the fat is marble. It's like flaked throughout the muscle in a way other cows don't do it. And so when you cook it as a steak, you don't need to do much. God, right. the centuries of selective breeding and proper care have already done the work <laughs> for you. Oh, all those massages. Absolutely. Yeah. But once you throw that in a grinder, you lose it. Yeah. So you really need to focus on the ratio of the lean to fat and the mixing in the various subtle flavors from the different cuts of beef. It is not just start with good ingredients, throw them in because they're great. Because again, the things that make Wagyu great don't necessarily translate once you run them through a meat grinder, right? 
These guys take it seriously, and damn if it does not show on this double smash burger full of nooks and crannies that crisp up on the flat oh, top, baby. serve plain on a simple bun with some fries, some outstanding Calabrian chili ketchup on the side. Um, so it's got some kick to it. Yeah. Great fries that come with it. Truly an outstanding burger. Um, I think, I, I didn't walk by on the way in here. I wanted to double check, but I think it's a $45 burger. Okay. You could debate whether it's worth $45, whether any burger is ever um, worth $45, but it is a truly outstanding burger. That doesn't mean it's better than my favorite inexpensive burgers, like stay, stay tuned. Oh, yeah. You know? I mean, it's not necessarily five times as good as a $9 burger or three times as good <laughs> as a $15 burger. Al does right? math. Stay but, tuned. But it's fucking good. Yeah. And it's different. And it's original. And the flavors come from the product being treated with respect, not by slathering in sauces. For me, as someone who has 45 bucks to spend on a lunch entree, it is well worth it for that unique experience. Oh, that sounds amazing. Last up, thanks to the team at Zhao Long Dumplings for their patience with a massive table full of old journalists and their families <laughs> trying to manage a group ordering on their app and then splitting the bill. I had a great meal there with Scott Robin of Vital Vegas, Mitch Schneider and his wife Renee, Sam um, Novak, Brandon Powers, Michael Quine, all there to have a meal with Corey Levitan and his incredible family who were visiting. Uh, great company, great meal, great restaurant, especially for that type of great crazy gathering and i believe that is it the news is coming up but first we sit down with keith yuri of click hospitality this is food and loathing here you are in vegas you're hungry and the choices are endless but do you really want to trust the crowd you can trust neon feast restaurant recommendations from real food pros sharing where they send friends and family all that knowledge is just a download away on the Neon Feast app. You want the strip, off strip, downtown, great views, great value? Find smart, informed restaurant recommendations on the Neon Feast app and neonfeast.com. You want more Al Mancini? You can hear me all week long on all of the Highway Drive and Vegas Vibe radio stations delivering the Neon Feast foodie updates. Also, keep your eyes open for my appearances on Wake Up With The CW and my videos on the At Vegas social media channels. And you can find some of my writings at visitlasvegas.com. And joining us for this section of the show, just before the food arrives, actually. So um, let's get the introduction in here properly. We have Keith Orr. Yuri? Your? Yuri, you got it. Yuri. There you go. Keith Yuri of Click Hospitality, who is our host here for the day. Um, we're having so much fun being here in this beautiful venue, uh, Bel Air Lounge, of course, at Durango. Been hosting us all day. We got a little food coming out in a second. But Keith, could you please tell people a little bit about yourself and your background with Click Hospitality? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've been with Click Hospitality for 16 years, dating back to predating when it was Light Group. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a partner in the company and vice president of the restaurants. I also oversee all of our properties at the Station Casino Resorts, including Bel Air Lounge and Bel Air Backyard, Wax Rabbit, and Mijo. Uh, been with the company forever. I've had the great pleasure of learning from you know Andy Massey, 
for a number of years now. So it's it's like an education in hospitality that you can't buy on all <laughs> levels. Yeah, I mean, Click Hospitality is such a pioneering group in this mm-hmm. town. And I think, you know, I'm glad you mentioned Andy Massey right off the, the bat. Um, but this was a company that grew out of Light Group, which was really, in the old days, like, you know, I, don't, I just want to give people a little bit of a, a background. Vegas, the way dining has emerged from nightlife in Las Vegas is something that's very unique, I think, to this town or maybe a couple other cities like that. And what we had was, you know, 20, 25 years ago, um, there was maybe Pure Management Group, Light Group, a couple other uh, places that you guys ran all of the clubs, which were a hot new thing to have nightclubs in the casinos in Las Vegas. That was like a 20 year ago, 25 year ago thing. And then you started putting restaurants near them. And, you know, it seemed like every cool nightclub had an associated restaurant. And a lot of that nightclub hospitality built out, grew out of that. And of course, group folks from Light Group went on to form Click Hospitality, which has channeled all of that energy and, and all these other groups have been bought and they've been sold. And, you know, there's a couple of players in this town, Click being, you know, one of the, the top of the game. And, and I, I want to run down some of your venues because I had to write them down. I for, <laughs> like, I'm like, shit, I forgot that one. I forgot that one. And so today in 2024, you guys run the Proper Eats Food Hall in Aria. You run Tailgate Social in Palace Station, which I just did a video for for the LVCVA. Nice. I had a lot of fun in there. Um, side Piece Pizza at Red Rock. Baracha at Green Valley ranch the still inside mirage which has that cool little oh, um, yeah. food truck going on in there where you can go and hang out um you've got botilia and green valley ranch here in durango station you have miho modern mexican which we're going to talk about a lot you've got the the daylight beach club mandalay bel air lounge that we're in right now as well as bel air backyard which we're going to be talking about more the barber shop in the cosmo the only place in the world where you can get your hair cut get your head shaved get a whiskey <laughs> and then go watch a band play like all in I'm the same in. night which is just so awesome. <laughs> Click Lounge in the Cosmo, Gatsby's in Resort World, Eight Cigar Lounge in Resort World, Easy's Cocktail Lounge in Aria. Am I forgetting anything, man? I think we have Baracha at Green Valley Ranch. It's a yep. great Donnie Mexican concept. And then we also have a uh, ton of properties in San Diego as well. Wow. So we have Very Soria, cool. Soria Coastal Cuisine. Uh, we have Lionfish. We have, uh, pardon me, Soraya. Soraya, Lionfish, Joya which is a great, unique, almost food hall concept and a great district in San Diego. We just opened set in Newport Beach, which is a steak and sushi concept, which wow. is awesome as well. So, and then we also have Ventu in Chicago. Wow, okay. So you're all over the, all over the globe, but it's a Vegas-born concept, right? Absolutely. And I feel like this is something that you took, you know, some of the lessons of Las Vegas and you're taking them to the outside world. And of course. over your time with the company, I'm just curious like how the, how that's worked. How because I see a lot of companies come from Las Vegas or come into Las Vegas from somewhere else and they don't get it. They don't realize that we're a unique market. You have to adapt. So I'm wondering what's the experience like to go from somebody who's created all these great Las Vegas concepts to taking them to other markets. You know, it's it's uh, similar to the challenges that people have coming to Vegas. First and foremost, I think whenever you go to a new market, you have to embrace that market and dive in and do your strategic research, get your demographics, really find out what the people want and what's missing, where the voids are. You know, Vegas is very unique in the sense that it's this all-encompassing epicenter for entertainment and food and beverage and hospitality where there's a lot of competitions. So you have to have incredibly high standards and really create... Uh, a unique experience to get people to want to come back. We try to take those same high standards to other markets, but fill voids that we see in those areas. And doing market research always is of the utmost priority. 
is sim simple as grassroots research, is going on apps like Neighbors and even asking questions like, hey, we're opening a new restaurant in your area. What are things you look for? Mm -hmm. What do you look for idea. for brunch? Do you like live music? Do you like this? What's missing now that you guys would want to come to? Mm -hmm. You really have to ask the people, and that's where you get your answers because that's what we're all about as people in hospitality. So that's what we try to center all of our philosophies around. But going into new markets, that's where it starts. Trying to fill that void, checking out similar venues. If we want to do a steakhouse, guess what? We're going to go try all the steakhouses in that area. Get our opinions, yeah. see what's working, see what's yeah. not, what's missing, what can we do better, what are they doing well that we can benchmark, um, and kind of go from there. Cool. Now, and where this is going to happen as we're doing this, we've, a cocktail has just arrived, and I don't even want to touch it or pass know, it. It's just it so, so gorgeous, fragile. right? Oh, it's yeah. beautiful. It's this beautiful, <laughs> I would describe it as it is a, um, a flamingo, I guess. It's exactly. Yeah. Right? It is the pink flamingo. The, is the pink name flamingo. Of <laughs> and it's it's this beautiful bird-shaped glass where the neck is actually bending back and looking oh sort God. of over its shoulder. Yep. Um, you can actually see the one foot kind of coming forward, almost almost okay. a bent knee yeah. type <laughs> thing there. Eyeballs painted onto it and of course this gorgeous shade of, I don't know, what would you call that? Like that, a that's fuchsia? Pink. My impulse would be to use that neck of the flamingo I as don't a be handle. So, I'd be afraid to break but it. Please don't. You might break it. No. That's, <laughs> that's a worry. Could you pass that to Rich properly <laughs> so he can weigh in on this without breaking the, the glassware? I mean, even the back two-handed, and it's got a butt. It's got, it's got, it's got a tail. It actually it's, is strong enough to hold. Yeah. yeah. He's looking means, at you like, it's don't do a, that. <laughs> you ordered this, I assume. It's, I Jim. didn't order anything. What is this? Gorgeous. So I will happily take the first tequila-based cocktail. It's very sip. light and refreshing. Uh, club soda, cranberry, nice little mix there. Some... Uh, Pardon me, grenadine infused bitters. It's a very light, refreshing cocktail. It kind of fits the room. Part of what we do at Click Hospitality is when we're going into these designs, we look at glassware, we look at plateware, we want to come up with cool, unique items that to give you those Instagrammable moments, like taking a photo of it when you walk right in. Now. Like that's, yeah. Yeah. that's what we want. We want to yeah. create these memories for people. They walk in like, oh, I had this great drink. Oh, yeah. my goodness. And, my, and another yeah. one. Speaking of that. I feel like this is the problem, right? You do a, do a podcast yeah. and somebody's got to be taking pictures. <laughs> one of you picture. go on paint picture duty. Right. Make sure we take photos of everything. I'm going to be shooting a little shots All here. Right. But yeah, so what do we have going on right now that's being poured? That tea time is for gorgeous. Two. It's a Casamigos blend with uh, green tea matcha. So you're going to get a nice herbal flavor in the drink. Very smooth, very clean, very elegant. When you think of Bel Air Lounge, we wanted to create a vibe that was a combination of high vibes and elegance. Yeah. So we picked out this glassware. You think of a tea presentation, nice and elegant, beautiful cocktail. It's a shareable cocktail. Yeah. And um, your tea teapot has dry ice inside. Absolutely. So it creates <laughs> this nice visual when you're walking through the room. Imagine when the lights are out and that smoke's yeah. coming through and you're walking it through the room. It creates this great that visual appeal. And then you got a little sphere homage with a... Absolutely. A sphere, yeah. of ice. sphere of ice inside each of the glasses. The glasses are adorned with roses, and I mean they're just gorgeous yeah. oh, the adorned glasses. And, and now this is being poured out, and it's yeah. kind of a it's a thick, viscous kind of. Yeah. It almost looks it like a pea soup kind of. Um, it's thing. a green tea yeah. matcha. That's a green tea matcha. Question two is, okay. is how many of these do you have to sell to recover the cost of the presentation? <laughs> Never <laughs> ending amount. Flamingo. Never ending amount. No, yeah. but it's okay. Right? You know what? It's we want to really go above and beyond for our guests and make sure they have an incredible, unique experience. And part of it is the presentation. You look at this beautiful glassware, and to your points, everybody takes out their phone, they take pictures, yep. they enjoy the cocktail. It creates these memorable moments to get people to come back and celebrate their birthdays, their anniversaries. These are the things we want. And Click, I should say, Click is known for um, some of the most gorgeous cocktails 
in Las Vegas. I oh, mean, yeah. you know, I've done videos just as anybody who considers themselves a wannabe influencer in this town <laughs> has done videos of your your bathtub cocktail yep. over at um, Gatsby's. Gatsby's. And, and you, you have you have so many, though, like that's just one that comes to mind immediately. But at all of your resorts, you really go over the top with the presentation on cocktails. Well, when we start really conceptualizing our venues and we start building out a drink menu, we always think to ourselves, we have to have three or four over the top drinks. Yeah. Like beautiful glassware, something that stands out that when you walk through the room, you almost train the team to do a little lap around the room so everybody in the room can see it before you drop it at the table. Yeah. It's this nice presentation. I like it. Because mm -hmm. what we do to set ourselves apart is it's not just an ordinary dining experience or ordinary lounge experience. We want to create a show. Yeah. This is part of the show. It's cool glassware. It's cool presentations. This is, you know, something we strive for to kind of set ourselves apart. And it keeps people talking about it, which I really appreciate, because even if somebody hasn't seen it before, didn't know that you have such a huge list of restaurants and bars and, and lounges under your belts, um, you know, it, it gets the conversation going and it makes people more interested in trying other things. Absolutely. Because if this is what you're doing here, what are you doing at the next yeah. space? And what this, are you doing at the next space? That this kind of kind of evolved from the influence to what I was saying earlier about how Light Group started as a club company. Yeah. Clubs are bottle service presentations. Right. Mm -hmm. You evolve into restaurants and they become vibe restaurants, which is something I would say Light Group was part of the pioneers of in terms of creating these vibe oh, restaurants. Absolutely. absolutely. So you transpose that club presentation mentality into a restaurant. Yeah. Where it still feels like a restaurant. It doesn't feel like an unapproachable nightclub, but you get the cool presentations, the cool drinks, yeah. the big over-the-top things, and it makes you feel like you're a part of this like unique stand-apart atmosphere, and that's something we strive for. Yeah. You can still Vegas even if you don't want to go to a club. Yeah, and just exactly. shouting over I was just a DJ. Yes, you know? you Which is the perfect the segue to Durango. <laughs> Yes, yes Durango is the perfect segue to Vegas without going to the strip or out going to a club. Yeah. And that's what we tried to encapsulate here. We tried to create the energy to make you feel like you're local and you step outside your front door and you walk right onto the Vegas Strip with the energy, but you don't have to go to the Strip. Yeah. Right? And that's what we've tried to do at Durango Station with the place we're sitting in now, with Mio, with Wax Rabbit, create the same Strip vibe, but in an approachable atmosphere. We don't walk up to a door and you got layers of ropes and you can't get in right. and all that. Yeah. We want you to come in. We want you to come back, but feel like you're in the crowd, in the energy, in the vibe. I, I want to get to that segment in, in one second, yeah, but you, we have gentlemen standing here with Sorry, holding them up. and I, Rich looks hungry. I know yeah, I'm hungry. So these are from Mijo, which is the oh, modern wow. Mexican restaurant that's here. This okay. is our executive chef, Donald Thompson. He came all the way over hey, to make food for you. Thank you, chef. This is our first dish. He's going to present as our shrimp aguachili. Oh, wow. So Mijo was inspired by coastal Mexican cuisine. Our shrimp is from the Gulf Coast of Mexico. The food at Mijo is very artisanal. Yeah. These gentlemen went above and beyond. We did development trips to Cabo, checked out some beautiful restaurants down there, once again did our market research. Same thing. We went to neighbors and we're like, yeah. hey, what are you looking for for a Mexican restaurant in town? We got a bunch of feedback. Uh, really wanted to create something unique that stands apart. The food at Mijo, is, as Chef Donald would say as well, is very artisanal. It's we they they sourced vendors that aren't your mainstream vendors. It actually, you know, takes some time to get the product in, mm -hmm. but it's worth it when it arrives. Shrimp aguatrilli, light and refreshing, vibrant flavors, uh, fresh vibrant tortilla colors. chips on the side. Very beautiful. vibrant, very yeah, vibrant beautiful color. Shades of green. Beautiful presentation. You know, we went through. He can speak to this extensive plateware <laughs> shows yeah. where it's like, not in that. No, the color pops in this. But we want to, you know, we, all this stuff matters. You know, yeah. you eat the food first with your eyes. Yeah. So we believe in that with the plates that we pick out. Next here is chicken taquitos. You know, mm. we tried to create this beautiful tree-like effect where they stand oh, up like yeah. a tree and the color. Yeah. So it kind of creates this presentation. You can see the forest and the trees. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and you can eat it all. Yeah. You can eat it all with no effect to the environment here, so it's <laughs> fine. Right. But uh, beautiful dish. 
uh, chicken tinga inside, wonderful guacamole on the outside, beautiful crema wrapped around. You can see the different colors. You get yeah. the red from the tomatoes, the white, and it all contrasts nicely in the dark color. And there's plate. lots of texture and everything too. And I'm Absolutely. not and not just talking about the food, but looking at the whole presentation here with the drinks. I knocked and it over. Rich grab a taquito. Dig in, dig in. Let's put a red on. But yeah, I mean, there's texture, my favorite there's things color, and yeah. there's a very purposeful layout of everything sitting in front oh of my us. God. And oh my it's God. just gorgeous. No, I'll go right. So Rich is <laughs> drooling over the taquitos first. How are they, my friends? Given my, you know, sophisticated palate that I've demonstrated for two plus years on this. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking great. So <laughs> we love to hear. Yeah. Mm. And his agua chile is great too. Awesome. Yeah, yeah vibrant, refreshing. Thank you, you know, Chef. Thanks, Chef Donald. Uh, but yeah, so we went, through, we went through extensive tastings. We really, you know, are always tweaking. Yeah. It's, it's never, you know, we always want oh to believe gosh. that better is always possible. And it's kind of a motto a company has. Never rest on your laurels, so to speak. Always strive for better. You know, I, I'm curious your thoughts on this whole, this idea of vibe dining and also this idea of, of nightclubs and day clubs, which, of course, you're way more plugged into than I ever was, even when I was plugged into shit. And I ain't plugged into anything anymore, right? But... I'd like your thoughts on this, and I had this conversation with another pioneer of that world. I feel like the big difference between Las Vegas and other cities where I've been on the scene and around, whether it's in Miami for an award show that I was at or whether it's my years living in New York, is nightlife and cool things in other towns tend to be exclusive. The idea is you've got to be cool to get in, right? right. You've yes. got to know somebody, you have to know the right person, you LA. have to know the secret knock, you have to know the right, you know, the right hours. A special text message or something. All, all this weird shit, and also you can do a lot with no money if you're cool in those cities, right? Because, you know, you kind of slide in and get a lot of shit for free, but it's all about cool. Vegas seems to be very inclusive. It is all about if, if you can pay what our cost of admission is, we want every single person in this town to feel like a VIP. We want you to get Get almost the same experience. Actually, if you have the same amount of money, we want you to get the same experience that a rock star gets or a pop star gets when they walk in here. And I feel like Vegas is very much about that, about making everybody feel cool, whether they're cool or not. Would you agree that that's sort of a difference between the scene here and in other cities? I think you hit the nail on the head. You know, even in our experiences in other towns like L.A., it's the same feel, right? When you go to different places in L.A., you do have to know some secret code to get in or whatever mm -hmm. it is. What we've done in Vegas, which I think we've done very well, is, first of all, I know it's cliche. Everyone's a VIP. Right. Everybody matters that walks in that door. You know, you can't judge a book by its cover. You don't know the guy that walks in in t-shirt and shorts that he just won the World Series of Poker. Right. But that's just how he dresses at the right. poker table. Yeah. So you treat everyone with a reverence that walks in your doors because we truly believe in hospitality. And to believe in hospitality, you have to believe that all people matter. Yeah. To people yeah. that come to your venues, to people that work in your venues, you treat everybody with that kind of reverence. And I think Vegas has done a nice job about that. Um, I think Clicks specifically has done a good job and recognizing that, and that's what sets Vegas apart, is that it's not this limited club that you have to be a part of. Anybody can be a part of it. Yeah. You know, just come out, enjoy, have a good time. And we tried to do something in every price range. Absolutely. And, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean that if you want the bottle service presentation Absolutely. at right. your club, right. that everybody can afford that. But it does mean that you're going to have some kind of experience that they could get in the door that most people can afford. And it's not going to be the... You know, the sad old 70s stereotype of Studio 54. But, you know, I mean, I used to go to Twilo in the 90s. Yeah. I mean, I remember that if I didn't know the doorman, you were not getting in Absolutely. in New York City. You know, and it's not like that here in Vegas. And I think the way you worded it with uh, having something, about it, something for every price range, right? And, and, you know, that speaks 
to the venue we're in right now, sitting in at Bel Air. You can come in here during the day, have a cocktail, a light bite to eat, get out of here very affordably. Yep. Or if you want to buy a bottle of Ace of Spades at night, guess what? We have that for you, too. We have that, too. So we, we don't want it to exclude any particular crowd. We want to be all-inclusive, but it, we, we strive to have opportunities for people to come on a intimate date night that's affordable. Or if you're on a big business meeting and you want to spend big money to impress your clients, guess what? We're going to have the options for you to buy up as well. So you want to hit all those markets and kind of give the same top tiered service to every market that's in there. Yeah. And on that affordability um, mention, I should note that Sue and I were in here pretty recently. We we're mm -hmm. just sitting at the bar, um, just killing My time, basically do. doing yep. nothing but sitting at a bar. <laughs> and I was looking at your whiskey yeah, selection. And... Um, <laughs> You know, one of my classics to go for, which I consider a great on a budget um, or at least reasonably priced Japanese whiskey is the Nika coffee. Oh, yeah. Um, so you have both the grain and the malt here. Um, so Sue had never had the malt. So we ordered one of each so she could have them side by side. And I think it was $18 for a Very healthy pour, which yeah. for Japanese whiskey yeah. is, a, is a damn good. Now, again ain't cheap, but we're asking for something very specific, which right. I know is a quality Japanese whiskey. Well, strip, it's double that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely, yeah. man. So I thought that that was keeping it in a good price range. What does something like this Pink Flamingo cost? Uh, Pink Flamingo is 26, large in part due to the glassware. Mm -hmm. uh, tea time for two is going to be 28. It's a shareable cocktail, though, because you get two cocktails out. I, I was going to say, so yeah. it, you're really calling it 14. Our, our standard individual cocktails two. are in that 16 to 17 range for yeah. specialty cocktails. Yeah. Which, you know, which is great, because cool. anything under... 20, I mean, the strip, they're going to be 25. Yeah, easy. Easy. No? easy. Easily. So that's fantastic. So um, let's talk a bit about the Mexican restaurant. Because this, we should say, Bel Air Lounge, where we are, is um, it's basically a hotel bar. I mean, yeah. it, at its heart, it feels like a hotel lounge, I right? I would say it's, I would describe it a little differently. Sure. Okay. I, I wouldn't say it as a hotel lounge. What I would say is Bel Air Lounge is a spot where you can have a multitude of memorable moments throughout your day. And the vibe and energy builds as the day and night grows. Okay. So for instance, as we're sitting in here during the day, it's a spot you can come, sit on your laptop, get some work done, have coffee, whatever. You sure. wanna come at four o'clock and get a light bite before you go out, great, we have great food options. After 8 p.m. on Fridays and Saturday nights, this is absolutely a place to socialize, mingle, party, and vibe. Right. Great DJs, it becomes, a high energy, high vibe, elegant lounge on Fridays and Saturday nights after 8 p.m. So and, and I didn't more mean to diminish no, it oh, with yeah, that yeah. comparison, but because it is so close to the hotel to elevators lobby. here, yeah. right? Very close to the lobby, and also you know, like they're great. Just, yeah, at the at the end of the day, Nomad Bar in New York was a hotel bar, right? Yeah. But one of the oh, greatest yeah. bars in the in, you know in yeah. the world at, at its time. So that that wasn't meant in any and disparaging no, way. No, I think it's so inviting. When I walked by That's the hotel going side, yeah. um, I immediately knew where I was walking into. Um, it feels light and bright, and it is elegant. That is a great word for it. It seems like it could be a little understated, which is great during the day. But then when you vibe it up at night, oh, yeah. I can absolutely see how that goes, especially with the the metallics. But every I, one of the things I've appreciated so much about this casino already, and especially the space you have here, is that I can see outside. I can see light. I can feel real light. <clears throat> I, I'm not wandering in this maze of a place feeling like I'm always in a dark corner somewhere. The Station That's, Casino guys did a wonderful yeah. job yeah. designing this property because there's so much indoor-outdoor effect at every spot. And you just nailed it. Because when you go to the Strip, you don't even know what time it no. is. No. 
You're sitting in there yeah. and you're like, I, I don't it's even day, know night, what it's time raining. it is. <laughs> yeah. No clue what's going on. You lose touch with reality. But here you can be so intertwined with nature, with yeah. the sunlight. And that creates a different effect when you're out. You know, yeah. Feeling the sun makes you feel better. It creates a better vibe. And yeah. all of the venues seem to be walk in, walk out. Like you almost, there's almost, in, in many of the venues, there's almost like a midway ground where like you're not sure if you're inside or outside and that's okay, right? It's like Absolutely. in between the two. It's not a drastic thing. Yet Rich and I are doing this um, yeah. this cocktail right yeah, now. Yeah, this is think? wonderful. I was so afraid that this is going to be some sort of weird-ass kombucha thing that I'm going to have to choke <laughs> down and smile just to be just stay away from that. green <laughs> color. It, nice. it looks organic, let's put it that way, but it yeah, is yeah. good. It is very it's light. Good. Who would yeah. know that, that matcha tea could go with, um, that's a tequila base in there, Absolutely. right? Yeah. What, what kind of tequila? Casamigos. And what's Casamigos. the citrus well, That's a good mixing tequila. Uh, Don't ever Casamigos sip it. Casamigos has a little <laughs> bit of uh, uzu citrus in there. Okay, because, yeah, it's got a, a real citrusy thing going on. So, no, and that, that really works, because I'm, I'm the person who, when people try to give me casamigos, Amiga for sipping. I'm like, no, please. Yeah. There's too many other flavors going on, but you're using all the great flavors in there. And yet, I can still taste the agave heart and soul that you want in a tequila oh, drink. I love that. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's a I'm really, really nice cocktail. Yeah, please. I don't have any cooties. I, yeah, I checked. And with our cocktails, we always go for nice, well balanced flavors. You know, we don't want to go over the top oh, that with is lovely. 15 different ingredients and it becomes this overly complicated construction that yeah. takes 25 minutes to make. Nice, well-balanced, elegant flavors, cool presentations mm -hmm. that kind of, you know, fit different varieties on the menu. Cool. So as we were saying, so this this lounge, which is a, a very different vibe depending on the time of day, yeah. when you get here, but um, it's located very, it's basically located at the foot of the room elevators that Absolutely. go up. Now you have the patio right outside, which is a semi-separate venue, but the same venue, of course, overlooking the hotel pool. Could you talk about, I know we're not at patio weather right now, but clearly <laughs> that's a big part of what you're going to be doing. Yeah. So can you tell me what's going to activate come summertime, come become bikini weather? Not so, me, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> Nor I. But so Beller Lounge, the patio is technically part of Beller Lounge. The beautiful thing about this lounge is all these glass doors we're looking at here open up. Oh, yes. So the whole room when the weather breaks is wow. going to become this nice indoor-outdoor effect with all the glass doors open. The pool is Bel Air Backyard, which we have the good fortune of operating as well. Okay. So we're going to create a beautiful synergy between the lounge and the pool. Now, is that a an exclusive pool to Bel Air, or is that double as the hotel pool? It is well? the hotel pool, but okay. we are operating it. Right. Okay. So don't go too far with those. He's just making room. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Make room. Is more good. stuff's coming. More stuff's coming. Pool's going to debut March 4th. Okay. Um, Incredible pool. We're you know going to be approachable to locals and obviously hotel guests, but we're going to create great vibes out there. We're going to do a cool Friday night party. Uh, we are still working out the name of the party, but it's going to be similar to a ditch Fridays back in the day, 4 p.m. to 10 p.m. Get off of work, put the stress of work behind you. Have great DJs out there. Come and have a great time. Kind of create that indoor outdoor mix between Beller Lounge and the pool. We're going to do a great fun brunch party. We actually have a wonderful pool restaurant that is located on the pool deck that's fully covered as 112 seats. We're going to do an awesome party brunch out there on the pool on Sundays. So going to have DJs there daily, really create a nice, fun vibe, but not over the top. Still make it approachable to get in. You can have a great time. Now, what will the policy be for locals who want to hang out at that pool Will they will they need to book a cabana? Will they be able to book a day pass? Um, do you what, what's this you know that setup all about? So absolutely. So we, we will be able to book and rent a cabana. There will okay. be fees associated with that. There will be cover charges depending on the day. Sure. So locals will be able to come in and hang out. You don't. It's not exclusive to hotel guests, but there will be cover charges and cabana sure. fees that we're still kind of finalizing. But we will make it available for people to come in. 
Cool. And some more food just sat yeah, down. This is from the Bel Air menu. <laughs> this is from Bel Air. Okay. So, so Bel Air, not just a great cocktail bar, also has wonderful food options. Uh, Wagyu flame-grilled sliders. Oh, my So that's goodness. Wagyu beef, aged cheddar cheese, beautiful Louis sauce, toasted brioche buns. Absolutely melts in your mouth. Crispy fries there. Incredible. Beautiful thing about Bel Air is, which is kind of understated as well, is the sushi roll program here. So if you want a nice light bite to eat before you go out, perfect spot to stop. Durango roll here. Beautiful, fresh, vibrant ahi tuna on top. Barbecue eel in the center. Some pineapple, buba arari crunch. A little citrus aioli dollop on top. Incredible. You get richness, oh spiciness, gosh. sweetness. Incredible yeah. dish. <laughs> All right. I'm trying to get this stuff, man. We're getting right. off my We're getting ready to yeah, do. Yeah, We're yeah. so far. Don't even. <laughs> yeah, the, food, the food at Bel Air is amazing. So if you're 11, 12 o'clock during the day, want to have a light, light lunch and you're near, pop by and try it. It's incredible. Awesome. Um, okay. So we've spoken about Bel Air, what it is inside, what it is outside, and different times of the day. Now, let's talk about your other venue in here. Let's talk about Miho and Wax Rabbit, which is the Mexican concept, Absolutely. pair of concepts here at Durango. So, Miho. Beautiful, uh, inspired by coastal Mexican cuisines. The room itself is multi-layered and immersive. Okay. If, you, if you've had an opportunity to walk through, I believe you've walked through. I'll check it out. Mm-hmm. It's each part of the room has its own identity. You walk in through this beautiful, it's very nature-esque, greenery, brick, as you're walking into this beautiful dark, deep blue room that's inspired by the agave plant. Okay. So beautiful bottles of tequila surrounding the room. You go through that room into our intermediate room, which is very aesthetic and light as you enter our wonderful patio, which has these incredible Tulum vibes. Oh, very, wow. It makes you feel like you're not even in Las Vegas. I think it's the best patio in Las Vegas. Okay. Uh, the venue itself is incredible. Uh, wonderful food menu that we took painstaking effort into creating over nearly a year of development on this menu. Everything from chicken tacos, lobster tacos, to incredible 55-ounce porterhouse steak. Oh, my God. And then we have wonderful lop, three-pound lobster entree. So oh pretty God. much, it's, so like we were talking about earlier, if you want to come in and just have a couple tacos and spend an affordable amount, have the best tacos in Las Vegas, great. You want to come in and impress some clients and get a 55-ounce tomahawk and our three-pound lobster? Right. Yeah. Great. We yeah, have yeah, I was I, I missed the media night, and I, but I, I talked to everybody, and they're like, and then they sent out the giant tomahawk, <laughs> yeah. and then they sent out the three-pound lobster. I mean, you've got some large format, as Absolutely. they say in the industry, items over there, right? Absolutely. And, and everything there is geared towards uh, family-style dining, tapas-style dining. We yeah. want everybody to share. We always encourage that style of dining because it kind of gets you out of your comfort zone and enables you to try a variety of different flavors and textures and palates and really get everything that Mio has to offer. I, my, one of my personal favorites is the birria short rib entree. It literally oh, is off birria. the bone. You can slice it with these chopsticks. It's so tender. The great Mexican, different styles, different different levels of price ranges Absolutely. that you can go, different experiences. And then Wax Rabbit, which I have not seen. Tell me about about Wax Rabbit. Because now, is this a speakeasy? It is a speakeasy. Okay. So how I would describe Wax Rabbit is it's intimate and secluded, but yet inviting and approachable. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, again, is also here at Durango, at Durango. attached to Mijo, which at is the Mexican Durango. restaurant. So when as you walk inside to Mijo, you get the beautiful nature entrance. Immediately to your right are these wonderfully designed tequila lockers. So you look in and we have an invited members club that each have their own private tequila locker. There's a secret door, there's a secret handle that, so Wax Rabbit, take a step back, was inspired by the story of 400 rabbits. This is a 
mythical tale on Mexican heritage, these 400 rabbits were divinely inspired by a goddess to create craft cocktails. So we were trying to come up with names that also paid homage to Mexican history for this speakeasy. So we started out with the rabbit. We're like, oh, that's not really that cool. Well, we decided we're going to put an only vinyl DJ booth in Wax Rabbit. Nice. So we're like, mm. do we call it Vinyl Rabbit? We're like, you know what? Wax Rabbit. Yeah. Nice. So, vinyl like Rabbit sounds like so, a sex club that belongs. Yeah. Vinyl Sierra. Still good too, <laughs> but, but <laughs> <laughs> with just greatly different expectations. Probably with two great yeah. numbers, but it's, <laughs> but so we called it Wax Rabbit. So the room, the tequila locker is, de is decorated with all these rabbits mm -hmm. so, as the 400 rabbits. So the thing is you have to pull the right rabbit to get in. I love it. So you, you open the secret door, you come in. It's, it's dark, it's intimate, it's very red and velvety. That's how I would describe oh. it. Beautiful um, lighting on the top, almost a chandelier. It's hard to describe. It's very almost psychedelic as well with the carpet. Beautiful back bar. It has, about, it has eight tables, roughly 42 seats and eight seats at the bar. So it's a nice intimate okay. setting. Only vinyl DJ booth. Great thing about that. No EDM, because no EDM's on vinyl. Yeah. So you don't have to worry about going to hear EDM. It's the oh best God. thing about it. Yeah, uh, I don't need to hear uns, uns, uns no, anymore. No, not in a small room, please. <laughs> um, Tuesday through Saturday nights, it's open, 6 p.m. DJ comes on at 8 p.m. nightly. Uh, great feel, great vibe. You know, it's, it, it, it's, it's similar to this place where in the early part of the night, it's almost like a nice lounge, very approachable. And then later in the night, it does almost transform to like a mini nightclub where it's high energy. People are in there having a great time. Yeah. I am a sucker for, based on the time that I moved to Las Vegas, I am a sucker for these private locker yeah. kind of places. And, you know, I moved here. I joined the foundation room when yep. I first moved here. I, I did spot. not join. I never joined Red Square, never got a vodka locker, but I always thought I wanted one, you know, it would have been cool. So, I now now that I barely drank, right? Like it I'll would tell be Andy, a, I'll be like Andy, why didn't you give Al Baca locker at Red Square? Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, <laughs> like groups places back in the day. Well, <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is what I'm thinking. So like, how much? What, what do you got to do to get a locker going on over there? I feel like I could get a couple of um, good extra añejos, and we have to buy. We buy what we put in there through you guys. <laughs> so right now we are we're fully booked with the lockers. Mm. Um, it probably won't have any available for about three months. What we're doing right now it's a five bottle purchase minimum. Okay. okay. So once we do have some available, you have to purchase five bottles you leave them in there and obviously every time you come we bring out your bottle and you and you drink out of your bottle so that, cool. that will be the program but right now we are fully committed with the lockers but mm -hmm. about three months we will have some available they'll be opening up cool. yeah, memberships and here comes dessert and desserts Car are coming <laughs> we're getting ready to wrap. oh my um, gosh i do want to know though that your tequila your mezcal your añejos extra añejos what's your what's your beverage program like over it's, there it's in wax rabbit is heavy tequila and mezcal you know Fortaleza, Flecha Azul, everything you can imagine. We tried to go for some of those more craft tequilas and mezcals as well. All the specialty cocktails in that room are based with tequila and mezcal. Great. It's definitely heavy on that program. The back bar is layered with tequilas and mezcals. We, we do have everything for everyone. If somebody wants a Grey Goose and Water, we'll provide that as well. But it's predominantly tequila and mezcal drink okay. in that room. Sounds great. Tell us what we got for dessert, and we're going to have to take a break and come back to the news, but um, you, some more food has arrived for us, so please oh. tell us about that, and thank you so also much for your time. Also, beautiful Pleasure. presentation. So, carrot cake cream puffs, absolutely delicious. They have a nice sweet bourbon glaze. Whoa. Well, absolutely oh melt goodness. in your mouth. These are our churro, churro, churros. So, the carrot cake cream puffs are from Bel Air. The churro, churro, churros are from Miho. The churro churro churros are three types of churros. They're each stuffed uh, with different toppings, strawberry, chocolate, and cohete. So it's absolutely delicious. All these will melt in your mouth. I highly recommend you guys dig into them right away. 
But yeah, we have a lot of great, wonderful food options over here at Durango that we're very proud of. Awesome. Well, thanks wow. so much for your time, man. It was great. I'm sitting down chatting with you. Absolutely. Thank you for yeah, this. Thank you so much for everything. And pleasure. amazing yep. food. Um, and the news is next. This is Food and Loathing. We are all over social media. Just search for Food and Loathing or reach out directly. Info at foodandloathing.vegas. And where am I these days? What am I doing? Most important, what am I eating, cooking, and learning? Find out anytime at wishboneandvine.com. And one more time, that's info at foodandloathing.vegas. And my site, wishboneandvine.com. And it's time for the news. You're going to have to do news. Oh. I'm eating churros. <laughs> Fucking good, too. They look amazing. I, I'm, I'm digging in as soon as I'm done with my portion of this. Uh, Bank Anchuan is teasing a new Thai restaurant on social media and tagged a place called Sawan Las Vegas. On an Instagram post, he shared photos and labeled it R&D, in parentheses, ready and delicious, coming soon. That's all we've got so far, but as soon as we know more, I will keep scouring to, to know, because I want to know what that man is up to. Yeah. Uh, reported by Eater's Jana Carroll, um, the Uncommons, just across the road from us while we record here at the Durango, is getting a new Italian sandwich shop all the way from Florence, Italy. Alla Antico Vignaio, the grand opening is held uh, Friday, January 6th, and will offer free sandwiches to the first 100 customers. You can find information on the Alla Antico Vignaio Instagram, A-L-L-A-N-T-I-C-O-V-I-N-A-I-O. Enjoy that. Okay. Boom Bang Fine Foods in Henderson has announced new hours, including happy hour service from 4 to 6, Monday through Saturday. So Friday and Saturday happy hour doesn't suck. There you go. Dinner services 5 to 9 through Monday. Uh, excuse me. Dinner services 5 to 9 Monday through Thursday and 5 to 10 on Fridays and Saturdays. They're also using social media to promote Taco Tuesdays and two-for-one margaritas starting this week. Nice. Yeah. And Coffee Religion is on a hiring spree, getting ready to open a third location in town. This one is going to be in Henderson at Eastern and Horizon Ridge. Their Instagram and website are Coffee Religion LV. I do not practice that religion. <laughs> Crush is celebrating 10 years at the MGM Grand. And to celebrate, they're bringing back some of their earlier, earliest, actually, menu items through the end of the month. Crush, of course, is one of several restaurants in this town run by Michael and Jenna Morton and overseen by their corporate executive chef, William DeMarco. I sat down with him recently to talk about the anniversary celebration. Ten years is a pretty good milestone in this town, especially, you know, there's so many restaurants that evolve and change. And um, so we're kind of honored that we were there for 10 years and we signed on another lease. So we're honored that we're still there. Uh, business is going well. So, yeah, we're kind of excited to do a little menu you know kind of celebrating our history there uh i brought back some old kind of classics we'll say from our 2013 menu uh we'll run it for the whole month so we'll see how that we'll see how that plays out so tell me a bit about some of these items that you're bringing back for the month so a couple of apps that we have coming back um one of them is a sea, sea scallop benny um chorizo potato pancake nice little uh, u10 scallop uh Chipotle Hollandaise. Uh, that's one of them that I really like. That was on our original menu for many years. Uh, loved it, but then obviously, you know, as menus evolve, we decided to take it off. Uh, another cool entree that we have coming on that we did cl- uh, pasta, fennel sausage, broccolini, roasted garlic. And then we have a bone in short rib. 
So it kind of reminds me of the Flintstones. We have this two-pound bone-in uh, beef short rib that we serve on the bone, um, braised for like very slow braised for like five, six hours, uh, served with a little celery uh, Asian pear salad. That one's very cool. And again, it's just it's a big, hearty meaty item um and again you have the big gigantic bone sticking out of it just reminds me of like the flintstones back in the day i have to tell you right now i had a flashback to those bennies i remember that benny man i remember i remember you doing an article about it you came to lakav because you wanted we wanted us to make it for you i made it i made it for you over there because that just happened to be where i was at the time but i remember you did you did like a, a benny article and that was lucky enough to make the list Ferraro's has one of their Taste and Learn events coming up on January 20th with Greg Lynn Wines. It's four courses, plus I believe dessert. Uh, for 110 all-inclusive, I spoke with Chef Mimo Ferraro about it recently at Ferraro's, where while I was there, I also noticed a much more serious cigar program than Ooh. I remembered. So um, we spoke about that as well. You know, it's just a fun event. You know, interactive, um, learning, tasting, drinking you know a little bit of everything so what we do is because of our italian collection it, every taste and learn seems to be italian wine focused um but we always try to have some sort of representative even f- either from the the distributor from the winery itself or the winemaker which there's been several winemakers that have actually attended um so interactive so the winemaker or somebody from the distributor will talk about the wines do you know slideshow presentations on our, on our screens in the room? I'll come out and talk about the food, and this happens every course. You know, we build community tables, so you are kind of forced to talk to somebody that you, you know, never knew before. I mean, so it's kind of like a meet and greet social event. Uh, you know, again, you know, learning good food and and good wine. So, uh, who is the winemaker this time around? This time we're going. Uh, the winery this time is Greg Lynn. Um, American winemaker, but makes wine from all over the world, you know. So he, uh, the white wine of this one is a California wine, uh, white, but then we're getting into three wines from Italy, you know, where he sources the, the varietals. And so this is Nebbiolo, then we're doing a Barbaresco, and we're doing a Barolo, uh, you know. So, you know, a lot of game, a lot of, you know, and the food side of things, you know, mushrooms, game. Um, truffles, you know, yeah. sort of thing. Truffles are still, you know, pretty good quality for this late in the season. But, uh, you know, but they're fun. He'll be here. So the winemaker this time will be present. He'll be talking and about his winery products and answering questions, uh, which is good because there really isn't a lot of information out online about his products. You know, very, very small, you know, no data sheets, you know, very small tasting notes just on his website. But, uh, you know, I had to dig deep and call him personally to ask questions about his wine to try to pair the food right, you know, and get this menu done. Cool. Cool. Um, so while I have you here, because that sounds like a great event, but, you know, we were just talking about, I, I, you walk in the door now and I see the cigars on display and you have a new outdoor patio. I know you're, you're working a lot with El Septimo about cigars. So could you talk to the cigar lovers about the, out there about what you have going on over here? Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, as you mentioned, El Septimo. So my father came across his brand a couple of years ago out in California, um, you know, at a cigar shop that had him 
in a locked box, not even on display. And he questioned what they were. And, of course, uh, you know, curiosity got the best of him. And he ended up buying some cigars, met the CEO of the company that day, and we started bringing them in. So now we exclusively carry El Septimo, the only cigars we carry. They make over 40 different types of cigars. We carry about 25 of them. Uh, just spent a lot of money over the summer to redo the patio. And so Zaya Yonin, the owner of El Septimo, fell in love with the patio because he enjoys smoking cigars while he eats. Uh, so he felt that the patio and the alfresco of that was just kind of a match made in heaven. And, uh, you know, we started converting our patio into a smoker's lounge. So we have a beautiful fire pit, overhead heaters. Uh, in, when it's hot in the summertime, we have misters and fans working. We put TVs out there to watch, uh, you know, any sporting event or whatever other event you'd like to watch. And, uh, we, you know, we're getting people just stopping because they see the sign up. So we're, we're happy to be a part of the brand. We're happy to be, you know, doing business with El Septimo and Zaya. He's a great guy, big personality, and uh, glad he's a part of the, the family now. By the time you hear this, I will have attended the ribbon cutting at William B's Steakhouse in the Sun Coast, and I'm assuming I'll have gotten an interview of some sort, which will go right here. <laughs> so I'm here with um, Chef Chris Nicholson at the grand opening of William B's. Chef, you are in charge of this gorgeous new room. So first things first, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. It's uh, such an honor to be a part of this restaurant and grand opening today. It's awesome. What went into creating a new steakhouse for this part of the kind of western valley of Las Vegas? Because people's expectations of steakhouses have certainly changed over the years. And people are looking for serious, you know, stuff when they come to a steakhouse right now. Yeah, of course. So what we first did was we went out there and chose the right meats. That's the big key to the steakhouse, choosing a a high-end premium meat. Um, Also kind of going back to the basics of just kind of old school, uh, large formats, just kind of bringing back some of that old tradition. Um, and then just doing uh, simple as less, you know, just making sure that the food's coming out, quality food, high-end meats, and uh, just creating the menu with love, man. So let's talk a bit about the meat. I mean, you know, I'm one of these geeks. I always want to know where's the cow come from, you know, what, what's its pedigree. So who are some of the producers that you're using? Okay, so we're using Creekstone. Uh, we're also uh, using our Allen Brothers. We got our uh, Wagyu, our nine out of uh, Australia, which is... Uh, you know, right under a Japanese Wagyu. So um, our meats are pretty high end. We get our sea bass, or I'm sorry, our swordfish and our ahi right out of uh, Hawaii. So um, all of our proteins, everything is high end that we're bringing in. So so you spoke a little bit about large format dishes and kind of some old school dishes. So yeah. can you talk to me a bit about some of those items? Yeah. So right now we currently have a full rack of lamb uh, coming out of Colorado. We also have our... Um, tomahawk that we have as well and then we also have our chateaubriand uh, which we have large format uh 22 ounce chateau which it's phenomenal i mean it's like i never thought we'd sell so many but we're selling tons so it's awesome um so when obviously and i apologize right now i haven't looked at one of your menus i haven't seen where it comes but what types of influences do you draw from on your menu is it straight up meat and potatoes steakhouse or are you bringing other international influences in well we're kind of bringing like you know meat and potatoes but we also have like an italian flair to it as well okay. and um, well no and that that is a niche in itself yeah, so, so we can get pastas and things yeah, like that here pasta, yep we get the pastas the pomodoro uh, we got a fruta de mar um we also you know our crab cake uh, we have a little bit of mango salsa in there i know that's not italian but it's kind of brings in that fresh freshness of the crab cake so yeah kind of all over the place i guess you would say 
And finally, um, Chef Mark Engelbrandt has died. The chef has a long history in Las Vegas, most recently opened three restaurants in the Red Rock Resort, Calisto Oyster Bar, Naxos Taverno, Naxos Taverno, excuse me, and Lotus of Siam. When I learned of his death, I asked his team what they would like me to say, what information they had to share, and they asked that I simply repost the message the Naxos team posted on their social media accounts. They appear concerned about the possibility of misinformation getting out there. Perhaps they just want some privacy honored. Yeah. Um, but they asked that I stick to that statement, so I will read that for you. It is with heavy hearts that we share the news of the passing of Chef Mark Andelbrandt's whose passion for food and culinary innovations brought joy to our lives. Chef Mark was an integral part of our opening team for Naxos Taverna and Lotus of Siam at Red Rock Casino, and we mourn the loss of an extraordinary talent. Let us celebrate the legacy Chef Mark leaves behind. Our deepest condolences go out to Chef Mark's family and friends during this time, and may he rest in eternal peace. And that again, coming from the teams at Naxos Taverna, um, I'm not going to add anything to that, but I did think it would be nice to leave you with a small excerpt from my last interview with Chef Mark at the opening of Naxos, or right around the opening of Naxos. Um, I think you can hear his excitement about that opening and what he was doing in this clip, and I hope that that will be a nice way for some of you to remember him. Oh, I love that. So, Chef, congratulations, man. The place looks gorgeous. I know you just opened to the public. How's it feel to finally be open? It feels awesome. I mean, it's such a bright space. Uh, the Jasper grills, uh, you know, being lit up with the uh, charcoal every single morning. I smell like that every single night. <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, our fish displays, our fish just rolled in this morning. So the, our constant rotation is just, it's super exciting. So for people, you know, obviously the, the opening of Lotus of Siam right next door was a huge announcement. Um, but it sort of flew a little under some people's radar that these two other restaurants would be opening from the same restaurant group at the time. Now it is on everybody's radar. But I think some people are still wondering, what is Naxos Taverno? What is Kalisto Oyster Bar? Well, Naxos Taverna is, you know, kind of a dream project between my partner and I um, to bring uber fresh seafood to the, la the, the, the western part of, of the city. There's nothing like this on this part of town. It's beautiful, it's bright. Again, the Jasper grills, the charcoal, the firewood that we're using, uh, all the fresh seafood that's coming in every single day. Um, so everything changes, you know, it's, it's a constant movement. You know, from the time I get here at 8 a.m. until midnight, we're constantly doing something that's buying, sourcing, um, grilling. I mean, the amount of whole fish that we're selling right now it's, it's out, of, out of control. And that's it for this week. Thanks so much to the people at Bel Air Lounge and the Durango Resort for hosting us today. Uh, food and drink has been amazing. Hospitality has been amazing. Thanks to all of our guests, Keith Yuri, Mimo Ferraro, and our friends over at William B. Steakhouse. William DeMarco. Forgot to write that in the oh, notes. William Sorry. DeMarco. <laughs> all your friends from um, from the Slow Food. Yeah, Thank and you guys our, for yes, talking Thanks, to everybody, us. for chatting with me at Slow Food the other night. And thank you all for listening. So on behalf of Gemini and Rich, I'm your buddy Al reminding you to stay hungry. Hey.